Hello, and welcome to Must Love Food. I'm Amanda, and today we're getting you ready for Valentine's Day. We'll start with some table talk all about chocolate. Then we have a somewhat lively discussion and lots of behind-the-scenes laughter about aphrodisiacs. John and Pam give us some cocktail ideas for Valentine's Day in our Top Shelf segment, and Maddie and I introduce our February cookbook pick for our cookbook club. You can join that group on Facebook. Finally, we make a meal from Chris's fridge and stump John and Pam with some trivia questions. Enjoy the show. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom Cuisine at Home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at CuisineAtHome.com. Welcome, everybody. I am here with Robin, Maddie, and Kim, and we're going to talk a little bit about chocolate today since this is all about Valentine's Day. Kim, we're going to call her our resident expert right now because well, she's got a little research that she's done for us through the years. I have to admit that it is one of my favorite things on this planet is, is chocolate. Yes. Um, and it's so interesting to think about the fact that how did they, back in the day, find out how you know wonderful this ingredient was? What, what did they do? How did they do that? But So one thing I've learned is that uh, chocolate is actually native to tropical regions around the world. Um, I believe they first found it in South America, and I have read where the Mayans uh, used it. Uh, They made a drink with it. And so uh, it's been around quite a long time. Um, It grows on trees uh, and uh, in large pods called cacao beans. And then they take the beans, these chocolatiers, take the beans, and they ferment them and dry them and roast them. And then they take the inner nib and remove that and grind it into a paste and they call it chocolate liquor. So the liquor consists of 55% cocoa butter and 45% cocoa solids. And the cocoa butter is actually the edible natural fat in the dried beans and that is what gives chocolate its velvety texture. The cocoa solids are the source of the actual flavor of the chocolate. And there are uh, numerous types of chocolate. Um, There's, of course, unsweetened chocolate, which is just the chocolate liqueur that's formed into bars. Something you probably don't want to eat. Not on its own. Gosh, (laughs) yeah. Ask my husband that story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tell us that story, (laughs) Maddie. So Shane, one time I was running. I can't remember what I was doing. I think I was just going shopping. And... I dropped him off at World Market. You know, he, I'm like, well, here, you can go tinker around in this store. There's plenty of things to look at. And I come and pick him up, and he's like, here, try this chocolate. And I'm like, well, what is it? And he just said, well, try this chocolate. And I'm like, no, what is it? And he goes, well, it's like 98% dark chocolate. And I'm like, no, that <laughs> is not something you eat. And he goes, you knew that? And I'm like, of course I knew that. <laughs> Don't get the darkest to eat. That is like pure cocoa in your mouth. Yeah, not a pleasant flavor. He did not have a water or anything. So he's like, I was dying and had to go back in the store to get something to drink. Oh, that's funny. It's a note to sell. That is very funny. So um, so there's the unsweetened chocolate, but then there's also dark chocolate, which dark or uh, semi-sweet chocolate and uh, bittersweet chocolate, chocolate are both considered dark chocolates. Um, they're both made when chocolate liquor is blended with additional cocoa butter and then mixed with sugar. And they both can't contain at least 35% cacao. But that said, most of the bittersweet chocolate is higher in cacao than semi-sweet chocolate. And then there's Robin's favorite, milk chocolate. Oh, you got right, that right, Robin? Yes, it is my favorite. You know, and you have to have milk chocolate around. I mean, besides the fact that it's it's in our favorite chocolate chip cookie right. here at Cuisine. It's also, it makes a great, uh, makes great curls when you're trying to garnish. You know, mm-hmm. milk chocolate has more cocoa butter, so it's easier to mm-hmm. make the curls. But So it's created when milk and sugar are processed with the chocolate liquor. And uh, it contains at least 10% chocolate liquor and uh, 12% milk solids. And then there's white chocolate, which some people don't even consider chocolate, but it's made just from cocoa butter. 
So it doesn't have any of the cacao solids at all. And then cocoa powder is um, one of my favorites to work with because you get such a chocolate flavor when you, when you cook and bake with that. It has a higher proportion of cocoa solids than other forms of chocolate. And uh, it's made in two styles. There's natural, which um, I think most people are familiar with. Uh, and then there's the Dutch processed, which is uh, also a powder. And it uses a process whereby an alkalizing agent is added to it. And it causes it to uh, darken the powder's color. And it mellows the, the chocolate's astringent notes. So there is a time and a place for Dutch processed cocoa. So like an Oreo cookie, oh, they use right. Dutch processed cocoa in that cookie to get so that darker color. She may have used black cocoa. Yes. She may have. I think yes. that was, I think mm-hmm. is what sure. it was, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So which can, I had never heard of. So can you use Dutch processed and natural interchangeably for the most part? It does seem like you can. I have done that at home mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, I'm out of natural, but I've got Dutch and mm-hmm. I've used it and I haven't had a problem. But I, I don't know. Maybe there are situations where it, it would cause a problem do you do either one of you know well we both have a favorite brownie recipe by king arthur flower that uses dutch processed yes, cocoa. We do. Okay. <laughs> does it does it give it a fudgier consistency or it is a fudgy brownie okay, okay. but it is does I'm... have chocolate chips oh okay. cocoa uh-huh. and bar chocolate was it or maybe not I can't no remember. because it has the chips in there but it is such a good recipe oh and it is like a no-fail recipe yeah no I think that, for the most part, you can use them interchangeably. I think it just depends on the flavor that you're going for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. like you said, the Dutch process is a little bit more mild, maybe less bitter than yeah. the natural. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've used them interchangeably before, but I think it's good. I I always have both on hand yeah. because you never know when you're going to need your to get your chocolate Right, fix. right. <laughs> I mean, I have never had a problem using one for the other, <laughs> but I'm sure there are cases mm-hmm. where you do, like, need Dutch process. Right. You know. So speaking of chocolate chips, so here's a little trivia. So maybe you've heard the story, but back in the 1930s, Ruth Wakefield wanted to make chocolate cookies for her guests at the Toll House Inn. Oh. So she took a Nestle chocolate bar and cut it into little pieces and then added it to the dough. But to her dismay, instead of it melting, it stayed in pieces in the cookies. And, you know, the pieces retained their shape. And so the infamous chocolate chip cookie was born. And then Nestle realized there was a market. And they've been making chocolate chips, chocolate morsels ever since because of Ruth Wakefield. Now, I got a question then. If you said she cut chocolate into chunks, was chunks made before chocolate chips? (laughs) Yes, I believe so. I mean, well... You're asking if Nestle made chunks before they yes. made chocolate chips. That I don't know. But I think they realized there was a market out there for pieces of for chocolate pieces, as opposed absolutely. to add to doughs. Kind of like so. what came first, the egg or the chicken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Chocolate bars. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought that was a fun story. Totally. So let's go back to the milk chocolate, white chocolate situation. Because oh. I think it's a more devi- the more divisive of the types of chocolate. I think a lot of people consider... Well, once you're adult, an adult, they think you have to have dark chocolate. Oh, Milk yes. chocolate's for kids. It's too the, sweet. Well, we have that on the staff here. <laughs> yes, we do. There are some, <laughs> let's just say, people who turn their noses up to milk chocolate. Yes, and they have very strong feelings about very that. Very strong feelings. But I can take it. I can take what they dish out because I still like milk chocolate. So I guess I'm still a kid at heart, and I want my sweet chocolate. <laughs> I think a lot of it goes back to just maybe a misunderstanding of dark chocolate being of a higher quality than milk chocolate. But I think nowadays there's so many good brands of milk chocolate, mm-hmm. white chocolate mm-hmm. even, uh, that... I mean, use what you like. Yeah, I am sure. Not, I'm do not discriminate against any chocolate. I will eat it all, except I will not eat unsweetened chocolate. Let's just say that. There but, you go. But yeah. I will tell you though that chocolate chip cookie dough recipe that we developed here at Cuisine includes milk chocolate and, and semi-sweet and chocolate. Semi-sweet. And it is the best. It is a no-fail. I'm sorry, Ruth Wakefield. I love, <laughs> love the fact that you created right. this uh, this uh, chocolate chip cookie. But this particular recipe is And doesn't is it have shortening? It yes. does have it has shortening. Butter and, and butter. Butter, butter and yeah. shortening. Yes, it double does. Double the fat, double <laughs> the chocolate. I well, mean. It, it has it all. I mean, mm-hmm. so that it, it's it's a soft cookie, and, mm-hmm. and, yep. and yeah. but with yeah. the 
two kinds of chocolate chips in there. It is absolutely, it's a family favorite. And even my daughter, who doesn't not bake, absolutely does not bake. And she makes those and they turn out. It's so. because they turn out. Right. They're no fail. Right. So I think for desserts, it's really nice sometimes when you can compare the, or not compare, when you can <laughs> combine the two into mm-hmm. a dessert because it gives you kind of the best of both where you may get a little bit more bitter note and that sweeter milk chocolate note in the same bite. And I personally love that. And mm-hmm. I think that's why it's so good. Yeah. I, I think, think so, so too. Good. Yeah. The one chocolate I just can't is white. I just can't. That t- not a white chocolate. No, huh? I you know I wish, but even my girls I've noticed they are not even liking the white chocolate. But my father-in-law he loves white chocolate. Yeah. It's <laughs> I very like it. very sweet. Yeah. I is. couldn't possibly eat it as a bar, but I do like to bake with it. I do like to cook with I it. I do. Love I make the, a frosting with it that I really like. I love the lint truffles, the white chocolate oh, truffles yeah. with the creamy center. Mm-hmm, oh, I, mm-hmm. I polished off. I bought them for my mom for Christmas. <laughs> But I ate the whole bag of them. I think I'm going to have to try those. Oh, they're so That does sound good. good. Well, I just had a brownie the other day, which was a raspberry, chocolate brownie, raspberry, and it had white chocolate in the brownie, mm. and it was very good. There is a time and a place. Yeah, there it was It was a very chocolate. good brownie. And, you know, it was Kind of like with red velvet. It's like white chocolate frosting. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does go together. It does. Mm-hmm. So speaking mm-hmm. of, we were talking about brands a little bit. What are your, some of your favorite chocolate brands? Ghirardelli. Ghirardelli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, how do you say the one? Is it Guitar? Guitar. I like Guitar. Yeah, I do that's too. a very nice that's one. That's a little harder to find. At least Ghirardelli, we can find it in our uh-huh. grocery stores in right. town. So that's that's nice to be able to, you know, buy a, a, well, a chocolate's a little bit better than some of the other commercial ones. Right. I do love Valrona, but obviously that's, that's a lot pricier, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I have to order it online if I'm going to do it. But Trader Joe's does sell some Valrona bars, mm-hmm. which I have stocked up on. But I you still s- will use Toll House mm-hmm. or Hershey's, like like yeah. for the chocolate chips. You know, it all. You can't really. It depends say on what no. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. If you really want a good melting chocolate, or if you're using it for your cookies. So uh, years ago, I mean, I think it's been 10, maybe even 15 years ago, a group of us drove here from Des Moines to Chicago to go to IACP, the International Association for Culinary Professionals Conference. And they had a culinary tour that I went on, and one of the places where we stopped was this uh, chocolate uh, store called Vos Chocolate, which was started by a woman named Katrina. I can't think of her last name, but... She uh, traveled around the world and uh, came back to uh, the States and decided to start her own chocolate business. And um, she sells very unique chocolates. Back uh, back then when she started, uh, you wouldn't typically see chocolate with like um, crystallized ginger or like turmeric or like curry powders or garam masala or, you know, things like that. And so um, it was the first time I'd had some chocolate that had some unique flavors to it, and mm-hmm. I, I haven't forgot about that. So I think you can buy that chocolate in the O'Hare Airport also. I bet I you can. I think they have a stand I'm, there. I've seen it. Okay. okay. So it's still running. Yeah. Oh, uh, yep. yeah, definitely. Cool. She is still running it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, another thing about chocolate, which um, we've talked about in the, in the test kitchen here at Cuisine, is that it actually has some health benefits. And so while, you know, (laughs) if you eat a lot of it, you know, it's probably not a good idea, but in, you know, small doses, um, there are antioxidants. Uh, Apparently it's high in fiber and iron, so I need to be uh, um, consuming more uh, fiber. So I'll just eat a little bit more chocolate. Um, And it has potassium and zinc, and apparently, uh, it's uh, rich in a chemical called f- flavonols. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> um, that, that may help protect your heart, and um, so uh, it also uh, can, uh, apparently this flavonols can increase insulin sensitivity in short-term studies. So, in the long run, um, it could reduce your risk of diabetes. So there are actually some health benefits. Now, I suppose if you go out and eat like M and M's and you know, um, Snickers. Maybe you're not getting the chocolate that these researchers are talking about. The benefits. But maybe it's just chocolate and not the sugar prob- that goes probably, into the other products. Probably, yeah. But so, you know what else they said is good? Wine. So you might as well have a glass of wine and chocolate. And they're to get so the full good benefits. together. Yes, they are. So good together. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about the health benefits. So let's talk about some of our favorite 
really decadent ways to eat chocolate mm. and desserts. Mm. I consumed a lot of puppy chow today. <laughs> so <laughs> peanut butter, chocolate, and confectioner's sugar. Uh, I have consumed a lot of puppy chow over the last three days. Uh, probably a guilty pleasure slash something that makes me sick every time, but I still continue <laughs> to eat it. It's good. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a classic. I don't know if it's a Midwestern dessert. I feel like a lot of people don't know what I mean when I say puppy chow. Because it looks like puppy chow. Yeah, I know. We used to always take that camping when my yeah. kids were little. Oh, so good. So. so, Maddie, what's one of your favorite chocolate desserts? Oh, I'll take anything chocolate. <laughs> that is my weakness. Um, I love the fudgy chocolate brownies. That is a go-to. I love yours and Robin cheesecake, which I, it was like a dark chocolate truffle cheesecake. I think I talked mm -hmm. about it before because I just love it so much. Oh, <laughs> and it's good. so easy. It is. It's easy. It's good. Um, Robin also made a pretty darn good uh, German chocolate cake. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the German mm -hmm. chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. I think I'm always talking about desserts for chocolate, so I'm... I like that. <laughs> I like um, chocolate mousse. Simple, mm -hmm. you know, it's simple, it's easy, it's quick, and it's chocolate, mm -hmm. just chocolate. Mm. Kind of going off that, there's the pot de creme, which I know we have a recipe for from 2009-ish. Is it? Yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. Is that um, the one with the heart marshmallows? Yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, I first had this in San Francisco at a adorable bake an adorable bakery there, and I still just think about that first time I ever had a pot de creme and how good it was. Um, so that's one of my favorite desserts. Maybe you should explain what it is. So it's basically like a, a pudding custard situation. You bake it in the oven, right? I think <laughs> Am so. Am I going yeah, in the right path? So. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's been a while since I've had one. Mm -hmm. um, but it just really, it's it's kind of along the lines of chocolate mousse, but not a, it, it's more dense and mm -hmm. it's baked, you know, in the oven as, right. as a custard. So. Mm -hmm. Um, but still just as decadent as chocolate mousse, for sure. I liked um, the molten chocolate cakes that oh. we did. Um, Pam did a version, and then we also did them back in, like, issue 19. I'm dating myself, obviously, <laughs> how long I've been here. But um, that was the first time I'd ever had a molten chocolate cake. And oh, they I were really, so popular really, for such a long time. Yeah, really. Because they're easy. That. They're very yeah. easy, yes. And um, it's sort of like, you know, you can't fail on that. No. You know? Right. So Is it done? <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. My favorite just on hand chocolate is dove chocolate. That's a good. Oh, that's yeah. a good creamy chocolate. It, you can't exactly. go wrong Exactly, and it melts in your mouth, and well, it's so rich. And they make a great chocolate ice cream. They do. So Ooh, I haven't had that. There's another thing: chocolate either. ice cream. Oh, oh. So good. That sounds delicious. They even have hard ice cream bars too. I think they do too. Ooh, how about Magnum so bars? Oh, those are another. Oh, those winner. are good too. Yeah. Yeah. My mom turned me on those. All right, well, obviously, we really love chocolate here. <laughs> I could use some right now. I don't know about you guys. But... So you guys can head over to our website for some chocolate dessert um, ideas, and we hope that you enjoyed this segment and maybe learned a little bit. Thanks. And next, we have Robin, Pam, and Kim talking about aphrodisiacs. Here we go. It's Valentine's Day, Robin. Okay, so let's have this little conversation about aphrodisiacs. You know, they've been around since forever. Forever, yes. You know, since the dawn of time, if you will. And, you know, people have always thought that there are foods that will enhance, you know, their sexual desire. Well, it and does come from the word Aphrodite, I think the name. Oh, I so, think you're right. Goddess so, of love. <laughs> so I suppose suppose that's where it's all stemming from. Yes. Well, and I think people, you know, always think that there are some foods that um, are kind of must-haves for the ho for the holidays, for um, <laughs> well, Valentine's, for holiday. yes, for Valentine's, that uh, maybe make you a little more, feel a little more romantic. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I think some of the ones that are probably commonplace, what do you think that most people think of? Chocolate. Oh, always chocolate, I yeah. think. Um, but is it real? Is yeah. it real? I don't know. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, what I have read about chocolate is that, you know, there there are chemicals in chocolate that mm. boost your serotonin. Oh, okay. You know, that's that little feel-good hormone. Um, but not necessarily your libido, right? Right. And, and also, does it, it, you know, does our 
body absorb enough of it to uh, really oh make a difference make a difference. <laughs> so, but it tastes good. Sure does. So well, why not? <laughs> I think another one that a lot of people wouldn't be surprised of would be strawberries, which a lot of people do eat in conjunction with uh, chocolate, um, and the oyster, which is we everybody hears about that one. Indeed. Uh, but what are some of the ones that most people don't know about? I okay. Mean, one I didn't know about, Kim and I were talking about earlier, watermelon. I'd I never heard of that. I had never heard yeah. of that either. And then I heard that the rind is actually... <laughs> That's where most of it most is. Most of whatever yeah. the feel-good part is right. about that. Um, you know, we did do a pickled watermelon rind. We did. So I suppose yep. if you wanted to really get into the rind, that would be a better way to hey, eat it. good going. In that same article, there's a watermelon margarita. So you could yeah, <laughs> have you a go. nice little cocktail. Well, you know, and there's nothing in the summer especially better than fresh watermelon juice. Oh, yeah. I love to yeah. juice watermelons. And, there you and, go. Yeah. So, so I don't know how much of an aphrodisiac it is, but it sure would taste good. It sure, sure would taste yeah. good. Yeah. Well, and getting back to the oysters, um, I think we all um, did some research and found a Huffington Post story <laughs> yes, about did. aphrodisiacs. We did. And I found this very funny that legend has it that Casanova, the famed 18th century lover, fueled up on raw oysters every morning to maintain his stamina. Uh, yep. That's yeah, pretty that's, funny. That is pretty funny. Well, the one that I found um, interesting that I had never heard before was figs. I've Same. never heard of figs as an aphrodisiac. Well, and then you go um, read a little bit. I guess it was mentioned in the Bible. Yeah, the, yes. mm -hmm. that it was one of the fruits in the Garden, in the Garden of, Eden. of Eden. And That's that some even believe that it might be the true forbidden fruit as opposed uh, to the apple, which I had not, I've never heard that. But, uh, oh, well. Um, so I don't know if it has any aphrodisiac. Um, properties, but it has a good story, and, and they taste, taste good. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the other one that I was a little um, uh, interested or intrigued about learning was asparagus, um, and that back in like the thing the 19th century, grooms uh, ate like a whole bunch of it the night before their wedding. <laughs> now. Asparagus sometimes affects people differently. It does. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I'd go for the asparagus. I don't I, either. I think I'd pass I mean, I'd go asparagus. for it eating it, but I don't know right. if I'd eat it romantically. In, yes. <laughs> in abundance on my wedding eve, I don't think I would. I think I'd pass on that one. But that's <laughs> yes, it's just me. Yes. Um, you know, um, I was looking somewhere else, and I found um, a couple of other things that were kind of interesting. Now, I have seen this new to me ingredient which is maca mm -hmm. oh i did see that too now you probably have heard of this because you are way ahead of me in the health food world <laughs> pam you, you know this okay too <laughs> both of you but anyway um i have just been reading about this and it's a um a sweet root veg vegetable mm -hmm. um but in um and it's from south america and it's known as the peruvian viagra Oh, interesting. <laughs> I thought it was, too. I thought, okay, you know, but it's uh, related to, um, you know, like broccoli and, and cauliflower and, and uh, kale, those kind oh, of vegetables. so right. brassica? Mm. Aren't they brassicas? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's one of the, but this is one of the few uh, popular aphrodisiacs that actually has some kind of a scientific oh, backing so to legit. it. So, right. Apparently <laughs> Other than has, maybe just taste really good. <laughs> right. Right. I think it's supposed to get your blood flowing, okay. um, which is always, you know, yeah. a good thing for people. Well, and get your blood flowing chili peppers. Right. That's another right. one. That's another one. That Absolutely. Is, and apparently um, from the same article that we've been reading uh, there, um, it, the uh, you get an endorphin high from chilies and uh, likely will get you going a little bit. Kind of, there you, you go. Know, buzzed, if you will. And then maybe you need some tequila to cool yourself <laughs> down. I don't know. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Just throwing that out. <laughs> what else, ladies? Okay. Uh, yeah, well, I can't really think of, um, oh, one other thing. Yeah, artichokes. That was another one I did read about. Um, I love me an artichoke. So um, any excuse to eat one, I would certainly share one with anyone. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, we sure had fun in the kitchen doing an artist choke story. Just recently. Yeah, just yep, recently. Right. That was uh, yeah, uh, Kim, you did fun it. to try delicious. to get artichokes in uh, the dead of winter here in Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> you know? Well, you but, know but we John made it happen. But, yep. a, but a food like an artichoke, see, that's a good thing to eat together. It definitely exactly. is. It's a communal. communal. Yeah. Absolutely. So sharing food is so much fun. And with Valentine's Day coming up, just pick some great food, have some fun, and enjoy. And now, Pam and John are going to talk to us about some cocktails that you can make on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I've got a series of uh, cocktails that we can cover here from, you know, getting started to wrapping it up for dessert. Uh, Sounds fantastic. I've yeah. not done the cocktail segment, so I'm excited to kind of uh, contribute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I the thing that keeps coming up to my mind uh, about Valentine's Day and cocktails is one of my huge disappointments, actually, in, in uh Valentine's Day meals is that, you know, you make a reservation at a swanky restaurant and and back in the day I thought I was really classy. So I made this reservation at a trendy new restaurant in Minneapolis at the time. And I said, well, here's my deal. We have a reservation at seven. I want a table and I want a bucket of champagne waiting for us when we get there. And I'm going oh, to send some, send some flowers. <laughs> I want them on the table. And none of that happened. And what's more, we were seated next to the kitchen door. And so I don't have a lot of faith in restaurants at uh, wow. <laughs> Valentine's Day. So better to stay home and <laughs> have cocktails. What happened there? Any idea? They just, it, it was so busy. Uh, so the, overwhelmed. the entire dining room sure. was so completely filled. Sure. And it, they were doing it by seating. So I think okay. we really didn't have a chance to... They didn't look at the reservation twice, probably. Uh, well, bubbly is what I think I would um, start and maybe finish with uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. on Valentine's. I, I mean, I love bubbles, so any occasion, and it's just such a romantic, fun thing to have. It so, is, and, yeah. and some of these cocktails, uh, well, to start with, they're strong, but they finish up in the champagne bubbly okay. area. So uh, one that I've got here is a beautiful, beautiful red color crystal clear uh it includes a half shot of malibu rum a half shot of peach schnapps and either a half shot of uh, citron vodka or plain vodka and then uh combined with three shots of um cranberry juice uh okay so it's this what's gorgeous it uh the love martini <laughs> Cuberry white, everyone. <laughs> and you can use strawberries for garnish on that. Whew. Now, a little simpler one that's probably a little more doable and less expensive is a, the red Valentine's Day cocktail recipe. And again, this is, I guess, in a martini. You'd serve us in a coupe. But it's three ounces of vodka, an ounce of amaretto, and six ounces of cranberry juice. Again, just crystal clear and beautiful. Wow. I suppose you could you know, garnish with cranberries or, I don't know, some little white chocolate doodad or something. The amaretto and the peach from the prior one were two things that I kind of wasn't expecting in a martini. No, like no, drink. not at all. Yeah. But I, I, when I did that Nocella thing for cocktails with cuisine okay. back then, I was surprised how uh, nutty liqueurs work. Oh. really well with sure. champagne or as a mixer. And sure. I just... Well, there's sweetness to them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you don't have to use a simple syrup then or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah. It's, that's well, a really The last big martini had uh, rum, though, right? Wasn't yeah, it had Malibu. Okay. So it's huh? sexy. <laughs> you know, like coconut. It's very islandy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, you know, that's when you announce that you're going on a cruise. To ah, know. okay. Hey. Significant other, you know? That's uh, Maybe, maybe not. I was going to say, you're a good guy on Valentine's Day. <laughs> no, no, I'm a biker. <laughs> Anyhow, so I'm thinking, you know, what do you do through dinner? I, I, I don't really. You probably just drink what you want to drink, you know, red and white and, and uh, water. I don't know. But here's a, here's one that's can get you through dinner, and it involves a bottle of rosé, some lime, honey, and 
garnished with some blackberries and raspberries and strawberries. So it's sort of a rosé sangria kind of That's thing. That's nice. But there's no heavy booze in it. Right, so right. It just sort of stays sure. light. And rosés, I think, really are a little bit difficult to pair up with food. But it, since mm-hmm. it's in neutral territory, there's yeah. neither red nor white. Right. It might work. So, And it's pretty. Or it sounds pretty. Again, these are all <laughs> really pretty cocktails. You bet. And uh, so wrapping up the meal, I thought we can go two different ways. One will be a chocolate martini. Mm. And I think you probably have seen this done before. You swirl chocolate uh, syrup on the outside or the inside of the glass, what do they call it? A rinse of chocolate syrup. <laughs> there we go. And then you put it in a shaker with Bailey's, chocolate liqueur, and more vodka. Shake it and pour it into that. And so then you have, you know, with Godiva and Bailey's and yummy, yummy dessert bill there. So. Wow. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like but I could have one right now. <laughs> I, I think I could only have one, though. Oh, yeah. And then a little lighter... And probably not quite as, uh, but fun, a lot more fun, is a raspberry sorbet uh, pink champagne float. Oh. Doesn't that sound fantastic? Well, that's like a real dessert kind yeah, of, right? Yeah, exactly. Literally, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you put some raspberry sorbet in your uh, glass, probably a, a balloon of some uh-huh. sort, and then uh, pour the champagne over the sorbet. Mm. Top with whatever your favorite little garnish I think I would have there. to go that route. I, I mean, the chocolate know, sounds delicious and decadent, but I just don't think I like the lighter part yeah. of this one. Yeah. When I think after a meal, it's, yeah. it's a lot more yeah. apropos, I guess. Absolutely. Well. I mean, it sounds easy in your mind to match champagne up with chocolate, but it's actually one of the more difficult matches that you can make or have. Really? Because of the lightness of the champagne and the sweetness generally of champagne, Okay. it it works sort of counter to the sweetness of chocolate. Okay. And as a result, you either need to, you know, either match the sweetness of the chocolate or go sweeter, I think. So you actually get some sort of contrast there. So you would go sweeter with the uh, champagne? Champagne, whatever? yeah. Okay. Because I'm always going to try to go for the driest champagne. I would also go for the chocolate that's probably bittersweet. Can most uh, people, like a 70, at least a 70%. Because mm-hmm. um, a semi-sweet, I th- that's where you're just going to have more sugar, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. Again, we're getting you know yep. a heavy contrast there. Sure. And you know, if you go with a Moscato or Asti, you got this nice acidity uh. to it, and as we know, that kind of cuts through. I do love a Moscato. Yeah, yeah mm. good stuff. Yeah. So I, those are my ideas for Valentine's Day. Well, I kind of want to come drinking with you. <laughs> <laughs> I have my wife would probably have some oh. <laughs> thoughts about that. I, I'm sure. So I don't mean on Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Just on your research. There you go. There you go. Alrighty. All right. Well, yum yum. Thank you. Delicious. Pam. Remember to join us every Friday on our Facebook page for Cocktails with Cuisine. Hi, everybody. This is Amanda, and I'm here with Maddie, and we are going to talk about our cookbook club pick for February. So we chose the book Let's Stay In by Ashley Rodriguez. Uh, We featured this in an issue last year, I believe. It was the August. Okay. Yep, the August issue. Um, We featured her cookbook, which is all about um, delicious recipes for staying in and entertaining at home. Um, Her first cookbook was called Date Night In, and this was all about... Um, special meal she makes for her and her husband on their weekly date night. So the combination of these two books really kind of spoke to us for February because obviously it's Valentine's Day um, in February. And you're probably staying home a little more because it's cold. Exactly. And another key thing that she wants is like effortless, mm -hmm. something that comes together simply that you can get on the table. And one of her big things, the reason why she does these cookbooks like Let's Stay In is because her favorite thing is to get everyone to gather at the table, which how perfect because that's right. where everything gets started. Right, exactly. Great conversation, family gathering. You are always happy when you're at the table for yes. the most part. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have a family fight going on. Yes. yes. <laughs> so um, just maybe tell us a little bit about Ashley. I know okay. we had a little 
little blurb about her and the issue and who she is and what you know what she does sure yeah um so ashley rodriguez she started her career um working at wolfgang puck's restaurant spago am i saying that correctly spago yes there we go okay (laughs) i don't quite know everything um but she was a pastry chef there so when we were looking through this cookbook we loved that about her and her desserts just really stood out to us because i mean lemon raspberry blueberry i mean you can't go wrong with either of them um but she had a no-bake greek yogurt cheesecake that Every time we put out into the atrium for all of our other co-workers in this building, it was gone instantly. <laughs> um, and I know a couple of people have came up to me and said that they have continued to make this cheesecake numerous of times because it is simple and easy and oh so delicious. Um, we also featured a raspberry ripple ice cream pie, which was my favorite. That was my favorite, too. <laughs> I didn't work here at the time, and I had come in oh. um, to help out with something, and you were paneling it, and I was like, I want to work here if I get it to eat this stuff. It was <laughs> oh, heavenly. It was so good and so pretty, too. It would actually be perfect for Valentine's Day. I think so as well. Um, and then lastly, there was a blackberry lemon cake. That was just as tasty. It was um, with white chocolate and olive oil. Very simple, kind of, and you could pick your bunch pan however you'd like to use. Um, But it was, as well, simple and delicious. And she has a lot of savory recipes, too, in both of her cookbooks. Um, I'm looking at Let's Stay In right now. A couple of things that are standing out. Immediately, she has some cacio e pepe gougeres. Um, So little cheesy puffs, which would be great to start a meal with. A blistered snap peas with brown butter vinaigrette. Oh, my gosh. There was just so many fun recipes in there that are approachable. And I feel like if anyone opened this cookbook, they'd feel comfortable cooking from it. Yeah. And, I mean, you have something for everyone. I think there's vegetarian. There's there's seafood. There's meat. There's things that are a little bit more complex. And there's things that are really simple to put together. Um, the photography is beautiful. I know she does her photography for her website, which is not without salt. Not without salt, yes. Um, so she does all her photography. I know there. I'm not sure if she photographed her cookbook or not, but I can't remember. Everything's beautiful. Um, so we hope you'll join us with um, our February cookbook pick. Um, get the cookbook, either purchase it, check it out from the library, borrow it from somebody. Um, maybe you already have it, and you just need a reason to start cooking from it. Um, so that's the first step in our cookbook club is, you know, get the book somehow, get your hands <laughs> on it, um, pick out some recipes, um, the more the merrier in terms of what we want to see you making from the, the cookbooks, but pick out as few or as many as you like, um, take a picture of what you made, tell us what you thought of it, if you made any changes, if you loved everything about it and you wouldn't change a single thing, um, put that on, on our Cuisine at Home's Cook the Book Facebook group. <laughs> it's That's a mouthful. A mouthful. <laughs> um, you can, you can uh, search for it on Facebook. We've had a lot of new members join recently. Um, but we really want to see what you're making. Um, this really helps us, I think, as a food magazine to kind of know what things you guys love and like right. help spark some ideas for us, too, of um, recipes that we could potentially develop for magazine issues that we know you guys would like because we have totally. this awesome Facebook group that we can see what you're commenting on and what you're making at home. And it's so fun to see like each day new people are asking to yeah. join this. So yep. you know that it, people are lo- wanting to participate yep. and love cooking. Yep. And so January, we picked a healthier, a little bit healthier book. Uh, we did. Maggie Batista's A mm-hmm. New Way to Food. And then Prior to that, when we first started the cookbook club, we picked a bunch of veggie-focused cookbooks because vegetables are all the rage right now. Everyone wants I, – I feel like everyone wants to try to get more vegetables in your diet. I know you have I spoken have tried. about <laughs> frequently. Yes, that was my goal, that it was not necessarily eat – well, I'm trying to eat somewhat healthier, but at least to incorporate more fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that was our first group of books. So – Every month we pick a new book, and if you join our Facebook group, you'll see all of that there. Okay, and then I, I love this quote, and I made sure that it went into the magazine or the issue that we did this from. And this is from Ashley Rodriguez, because I think we all can relate to this. She says, food brings us to the table, and my goal in life is to spend as much time there as possible. And that's my goal for all of you as well, because for me, nothing in life is more beautiful, healing, and life-giving than time spent at the table. 
Next, we have Cracked Up, where Haley will try to stump John and Pam. All righty. Are you guys ready for me? I'm so I'm scared. <laughs> okay. So our first question, what was the original name of the kiwi fruit? Oh, I just saw that the I other day. I swear to God, I saw it the other day, too. Star. You did. No, no. no it was oh. fuzzy nuts or something. <laughs> no. Is that your final answer? I don't think so. I swear it had something to do with fuzzy. It might have. But I think it was named after an animal in New Zealand. Ah. Was was it was that the name? The old name was, was or it, kiwi was is no. named after kiwi. Kiwi, has to do kiwi with is the, the name of an animal. Yes, and it looked, that resembles the national. The kiwi fruit. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. saw the same thing. I just don't remember what. No, that's not what yeah. I, I saw. Packaging I, somewhere. Then. Uh, star. It wasn't anything star, right? No. No. Okay. It was the Chinese gooseberry. Oh, oh my word. No, yes. that's not at all what I saw. Uh, yeah, I, did. I may have pulled that information from CBS Sunday morning. <laughs> that's where I saw yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I saw something with some marketing packaging in it. It was fuzzy something. I okay. I thought, that must be the original name. All right. What fruit that grows in pears is an Aztec symbol of love and fertility? As in pears, the fruit, or in grows in twos. Twos. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does an Aztec say it again? Aztec symbol of love and fertility. Grows in pears. And it's a fruit, but think widely about that. Mmm, mm, that's a good one. Is it a fruit that we use as a vegetable? Maybe. Oh, oh, that's even more confusing. It's from the southwest. Well, is it a? Tomato? Is it a tomato? I mean, I don't see them growing in yeah, pears. In pears. No, it's not a. But you're on the right track with the Southwest, I think. Well, I was going to say know. it's the Aztec. Chili. Yeah. And uh, are we all still in the dead deadly nightshade family? Nightshade. I don't think so, okay. but I wouldn't bet the farm on it. I, well, this is a good one. I, I have no idea. No, I'm stumped. It's the avocado. Really? They grow in pears. I had no idea. <laughs> wow! Really? Now we know. There you go. I uh, was going to go home, but I'm going to go home okay. sooner now. <laughs> this is I learned bleak. something. <laughs> okay, I think you guys can get the next one, and it's sort of a two-parter. So, what candy associated with Valentine's Day was once used medicinally as lozenges? Sweethearts? Yep. Really? Candy oh, hearts. Candy? They were originally called motto hearts. Uh -huh. And, bonus points if you know the company that originally made them. Brock's. <laughs> nope. Give me another candy cup. Oh, Mars, wait a minute. Hershey's. Not Necco. Yes. Necco. Ah! <laughs> makes yep. sense. Totally uh -huh. makes sense. Well, that's what I was going to say. Okay. Company. Oh, sure, oh sure. I didn't know that's what Necco stands I for. Didn't yes. Oh, I'm running just, out of here. Now. I remember Necco wafers. That's yeah, all. Yeah. Yes. And that only makes sense. Yeah. Yep. yep. Sure. All huh. right. <laughs> Question number four. She's, she's tough. She I feel is. like Pam's going to get this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What percentage cocoa solids must chocolate contain to legally be called chocolate? It's it, hold on. There's three choices. It's uh -huh. multiple choice. 99%, 50%, or 35%? 35. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which seems I think I did a, a Q&A question on that. <laughs> seems slim <laughs> to me, but. Yeah, it does, yes. But. I mean, I guess your milk chocolates, you know. Right. Added yeah. sugars added and dairy. Sugars. Um, and I'm trying to think what semi- because I think, actually, dark starts at 60-something, which is Maybe lower than you'd think. Maybe like 40-ish region then? I semi? think. I well, think. Yeah, bittersweet and mm -hmm. semi-sweet, too. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, last question here. What edible flower with a peppery flavor can you eat both the leaves and flowers? This is easy. Well, I'm going to give you three choices oh, to make okay. it even <laughs> easier. Pansy. Nasturtium or violet? Nasturtium. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. We redeemed ourselves a little there, John. <laughs> she threw us a softball. She on was that one. tough. I'm going in the realm of John questions, tough I guess. Teacher. <laughs> Golly. Uh, yeah. No, I've I've made salads with the uh, leaf and. Have you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think I've ever eaten the leaves. Only mm -hmm. the flowers. Yeah, yeah, I haven't either. I used to yeah. do Caesars with them and throw some sorrel nice. leaves in there oh, and some nasturtium cool. with the romaine. Well, that yeah, tasty. absolutely. They really sure good. look pretty on the top of a cake. They do. <laughs> All righty. Well, thanks for playing, guys. Well, thanks. that was good. Thank you. <laughs> Who can stump us? Haley.
Okay, we have Chris here who is going to give us the contents of his fridge so John and I can make a meal from it. And I'm nervous. I'm just going to say this to start. But here we go. I should clarify that this isn't all the, the contents. At least I hope it's not I all of not. the no, contents. No, this, <laughs> just, this is uh, – I chose contents selfishly because I want to try – I want to test you guys and see what you can come up with for me for, uh, for a new recipe. Okay. Do you want to go ahead and read what we got here? Sure. Uh, you know, and here's where the new twist came in. I, I like to buy whole pork loin and then I quarter it and freeze it. And, you know, I, I do the same thing every time I, you know, marinate it and inject it and I smoke it. Well, I wanted something different than that. Uh, so pork loin was my first ingredient. Rice, we always have brown rice or jasmine. Uh, citrus, orange, lemon, and or lime, any combination of those. Cilantro sour cream, bacon, edamame, onions. We've got yellow onions right now, and we also have scallions, uh, sweet potatoes. And then just to see what you do with it, uh, the two slices of leftover chicken bacon artichoke pizza. Ah. Okay. Ah. <laughs> okay, well, I have two ideas. I'm sure John probably has something similar going I, you through. know this almost wrote itself it, right it looks more like a recipe <laughs> uh, ingredients than uh, okay well you, you go first i'll pick one and maybe you'll do the other one that i think we both probably have in mind um i would say a baked sweet potato with uh i mean you could put bacon sour cream cilantro you could cook up that pork loin. Uh, my mom does pork loin where she cooks it to the point where it shreds. Okay. And you could almost make a pulled pork to like put a, on top of like that. Like a Boston butt? Yep. Like a pork shoulder? Well, she'll, she'll do it with pork loin. Yeah, okay. Um, so she I, pref She's I prefer to do it with a pork butt because yeah. I think it's better because it has more fat juicier. and flavor. Yeah. But my mom will do it with a pork loin. Okay. So you can do that to the point where it shreds and then toss it with some barbecue is, sauce. Is, is that prairie pork loin or something? Because all of my... Uh, uh, rural relatives. That's how they do their pork loin. So oh, really? It, yeah. It's delicious. I mean, it's it is good. I've, I've yes. never it's done just that. Fall yes. off the bone. Not that there's any bones to it. But yes, it, it shreds super easily once mm -hmm. you cook it long enough. But and it, it, it's braised, so it's beautiful. It okay. Yeah. Good. So that's what I would say. My, that would be what I would want to eat. Okay. Is a pulled pork stuffed sweet potato with bacon, sour cream, maybe some cilantro on there, and put, chop up some scallions. What do I do with too. the citrus? Because I really want the citrus flavors in there somewhere. <sighs> you could braise it with part, with a pork loin or mix ah, it in okay. after. You could mix yeah. it in with barbecue sauce. Okay. Mix some of the citrus in there. That would really brighten yeah. it up, especially when you have bacon and sour cream. Yeah. That's a nice Weighing way to cut down. through some of the flavor. Okay. Well, I, I started with the sweet potato, too, in my own mind, and I thought, okay, Let's just make a deal with this. I would scrape off the toppings on that pizza, uh -huh. chop it up, and do twice bakes with those sweet potatoes. Ooh. Ah, okay. You know, I uh -huh. did consider scraping off the topping of that, but I didn't know what to do with that. After, so <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the other one, yeah, almost writes itself. I mean, yeah. You could do the rice with uh, the bacon and edamame or the rice with the citrus and bacon. Mm -hmm. Kind of get an agra dolce, sweet and salty uh -huh. kind of thing mm -hmm. yeah. going on there. Um, you could do a little stir fry with that. You know, yeah. chop that pork up. Absolutely. Uh -huh. um, put it over rice. You could add citrus to it at the end. Stir the edamame and the bacon. You could even chop the sweet potatoes up. So you basically Absolutely. have two different, completely different menu options for a very limited list. So. Mm -hmm. I feel pretty good about these. Yeah, cool. I do too. Well, and that's Did why we I, I presented you two different uh, <laughs> starches, you know, yes. because mm -hmm. I wanted to have some some different ideas of, you know, I mean, we always have sweet potatoes at home. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of times we'll do just a very simple quick dinner based around ground beef and sweet potato, you know, mixed in mm -hmm. a fried egg and a bunch of hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Five-minute meal. Yeah. Uh, hash every night. Well, yeah, it's great, but, yeah, it gets a little little boring. So, uh -huh. uh, And granted, the pork loin would take longer, but it's something we almost always have in the freezer, yeah. and I've still got two of the four left in the freezer right now, and they're working their way to the point where I need to use them. Yeah. So I yeah. thought I'd bring the idea to you guys. Yeah, throw it in your crock pot if you have one. Yeah. Uh, that's, what, that's what we do. Throw okay. it in the crock pot. 
with some liquid, season it, braise it for hours and hours. When you get home, shred it up, and your dinner's pretty much ready. What what would I want to temp it to, to shred that? Oh, probably mm-hmm. over 200, right? Wouldn't it to still shred? be like like pork butt? You want it 185, okay. 190, don't okay. you think? I, well, I, I mean, assume yeah. that's where it's going to yeah, start I mean, shredding. I, I guess I don't temp See, necessarily. I just start... You can kind of tell, obviously, when the te- texture changes, but yeah. I just go in there with forks every so often and test, test it. it. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. just trying to think. Because uh, pork butts, I always just do on the smoker. Yeah. Right. Uh, exactly. You know, and yeah. I, yeah. But I was I was sitting here. I don't know why the the temperature would be any different between different yeah. cuts of pork. But the only thing I, I could see that it could might need to go higher yeah, I because think, there's so little fat in the Yeah, that's, that's the major thing with those is, you know, getting it to a certain temp so the connective tissue breaks down and yeah. you can shred. But now, you don't have a lot of that with this. If I'm going to do that braising, should I inject any of the citrus to get that flavor into the meat so it penetrates more? Or should I just leave it when she in the liquid that it braises in there? When she mentioned the... Uh, slow cooker i thought yeah that's exactly a great idea In- inject it and then you okay. got flavor you know coming from the because one of the things that uh particularly with a lean piece of meat like that is you get that dry texture even yeah. though it's been you know yeah. braised and it's been in this liquid there's just sort of that dry protein kind of thing going on so mm-hmm. it could really help to inject it i could see okay that. Yeah. okay yeah. Cool. Well, you have some meal ideas. I hope you make yeah, one of no, them. Yeah, no, thank or both you. No, I, I'm <laughs> going to go back and re listen to this and write all the stuff down. <laughs> or I'll just tell Liz to listen because she remembers everything Much and better. go yeah. from there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks, Chris. Yeah, thank you. This was great. You can play Let's Make a Meal with us too by emailing us at cuisinesocial at aimmedia.com or contacting us on Facebook. Give us the contents of your fridge and we'll give you a meal. We want to connect with you. Follow Cuisine at Home on Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for recipe inspiration, cooking tips and techniques, behind-the-scenes action, and cooking videos. You can also subscribe to our free newsletter at cuisineathome.com newsletter. 